Hi, everybody. 2020, December 31st. Wow. The end of a whole year. The beginning of a new one. It's amazing how we move through time. And this time especially is a tough one. It's been a very different year. Difficult for some. For me, I look at it as a year where even though we went through so much, so many people died because of this virus that we have. And so many folks are struggling through Christmas, the festive celebratory uh, days and um, New Year. It's New Year's Eve and church is not going to be the same. I have a ritual where I grew up in a home where we celebrated watch night service. It's not going to be the same. There's a watch night eve that you go to every single year and um, spend it in church. We start from 9 through 12 o'clock. Songs, praises, testimonies. and You look at the year as a time of reflection, a time to look deep within ourselves and prepare ourselves for a new era. This year is different because we usually do this in church. But churches are closed because of COVID-19 regulations. And after church, there's usually an after party. This year, it's amazing that the after parties will be on cell phone platforms, video platforms, if you will. And it's going to be different. It's going to be different. But that doesn't mean that there's not a party. I think what 2020 has done, as we look at it from a perspective that we use 2020 to define vision, normal vision, if you will. 2020 basically is vision measured in increments of 20 feet. So 2020 means what a normal eye would see, normal meaning what's the accepted norm, would see from a distance of 20 feet. But it's not perfect vision. For example, 2040 would mean someone seeing at 40 feet at 20 feet, what a normal eye would see at 40 feet. But there's better vision than 2020. There's 2010 and 25. 2010 is what someone would see at 20 feet if you were in front of the picture, 10 feet in front of the picture. 25 is even better. What you might see at 20 feet, what someone would see at 5 feet. They usually say the Aborigines the tribe of the Aborigines in um, Australia have perfect vision because of what they see. Perfect, perfect meaning better than 202005. This year, I think with that um, analogy of seeing better, I think God opened our eyes. God allowed this chaos, this virus, for us to open our eyes to see better, if you will. Little did we know that there was so much anger, so much hatred within us. Little did we know that people go around calling themselves um, Christian followers, calling themselves all sorts of things and um, looking like they're holier than thou, but folk had a deep-seated hatred for each other. 
You have it exposed our society, it exposed the disparities within our communities. It exposed so much that was happening with the disadvantaged people, people of color. It exposed the relationships that looked normal in the for, in the in the surface, but there's so much wrong within us. It exposed the ills in our educational system. It exposed the ills in our healthcare system. It exposed the unfairness amongst workers, amongst people who are on the forefront within the medical system, the healthcare industry. There's so much. It even made us appreciate a lot of things we took for granted. Teachers with our children, teachers in universities, educational systems and access to education, our political systems, how the how systemic racism is within our, our, our culture. It exposed the things that we take for granted that we thought we're okay, but we're not okay. So 2020, I think God used this virus. God allowed things, as Paul says in Romans 8, 28, in all things, God works for the good of those who love him. So it is up to us right now to really hold our systems, our, uh, our, our, our leaders accountable to make things okay within our system. 2020, wow, it's amazing how God is opening our eyes to really see the three things that Jesus taught us when he came. Love, love, love. Love God with all your heart. Love your neighbor as yourself and love each other. Love each other, not just any kind of way, but in the way that I loved you. Because we saw Jesus go with folks who were considered other. We saw him sit with a lady, for example, at the well. The lady was not a Jew, but Jesus chose to sit there and ask her to pour him water. And when she refused, he went through a whole history of showing her why she should pour him water. And he wasn't talking about it. He said, the water that you're talking about in the well, that could run out. But the water that I have to give, if you only knew who it is that was talking to you. We saw Jesus reach out to... Um, Nicodemus, who came to him at night, talking to him. He's teaching him right there. We saw him reach out also to um, the gentleman that ran up on the tree, looking to see Jesus, went up there ahead of time because he knew that Jesus was going to pass by. So he positioned himself in this sycamore tree. He stood up there. Before the time, he was a tax collector. And in those days, he was a tax collector for the Egyptian, for the Roman government. So he was overtaxing people, some of his own people, to make sure he had a good job with the Roman government. But here he was, he ran up a tree when he knew Jesus was going to come by. He positioned himself in the path of God. And when God came, God looked up and said, hey, Come on down, come on down. I'm going to dine with you tonight. So we, this 2020 really opens up our eyes to see things beyond our comfort zone. It, it reminds me of a story of um, Peter and the 12 when God placed him in the boat after feeding uh, 5,000 men plus women and children with just two fish and five loaves. Remember that story? It's in Matthew 14. In that gospel, some 
wonderful teachings happened in a storm that they encountered while on the boat going across. In that storm, we see Peter and the others going against a storm, which Jesus knew before he even went away and left them because he needed some me time to himself. When he went up there to pray, he saw that they were going against the storm. He saw that they were struggling. The wind was blowing against them and the waters were not calm. But he still went to sleep to rest because he knew, he knew, fully man, fully God, he knew where they were at all times. So when he woke up in the morning, he started to walk across to them. And we're told he was about to pass them when he realized how afraid they were. In fact, they thought he was a spirit walking on water because he was doing something that was out of the, the extraordinary, that was supernatural, defying gravity. But what I want to draw your attention to is that while in the boat, while going through the way, through the storm, they never thought about connecting with this rabbi, this teacher, who had done some phenomenal things. But I guess they probably thought he might not be able to help them because this had to do with nature. It's amazing what happens, who we turn to, where we look for help when we're in a crisis. So they never bothered to think about the teacher. They never bothered to think about the rabbi, even when they knew this was him walking on top of water. Well, Peter, Peter, who was always forward, Peter, who just reacted. As soon as he saw something, he just reacted instinctively. He said, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you. That was a prayer, by the way. Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you. In that moment, that was the only time he prayed, but he wasn't praying, Lord, get us out of the storm. He was praying, command me to come to you because he was so fascinated by Jesus walking on water. He was, wow, I want to do this too. But that was Peter. So the others, the author doesn't tell us about their circumstance, doesn't tell us about the atmosphere in there, but we hear about it later on because Peter, when he said, Lord, command me to come to you, even though we're in the storm, Jesus said, come, come. It's amazing when you, when you know Jesus and you just, you just submit yourself to his command. Come, Peter, come. Peter got out of the boat, started walking as Jesus was, defying gravity towards Jesus on this boat. In the water, walking towards Jesus. His eyes were focused on Jesus because he's walking to him. He's probably saying, wow, I can do it just like you. And the others are looking and they said, if he can do this, we can. But in a flash of a moment, Peter lost it. Peter saw the storm and lost sight of focusing on Jesus. When that happened, he started to sink. He was going to drown. And then he cried out. The prayer they should have cried out before when they were afraid they were going to drown. Lord, save me. And we're told immediately, Jesus reached out and pulled him out of the water. Wow. They're probably saying to themselves, wow. If Peter can do that, we could do it also. But before they even started to think, we're told Jesus asked Peter. Peter. What happened? Why did you doubt? Why did you doubt telling us that God 
realized and knew that Peter had something in him. Peter had faith. But now God was telling him, Oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt? You see, little faith is a little bit less than that mustard seed faith that Jesus is talking about. Little faith blinds us to God's might and power. Little faith, as we are in this storm that we're going through, blinds us and silences what the knowledge we have of God within us. Little faith. Little faith makes you so afraid that you don't even know where to turn. You don't even understand in that time that God is my Lord, God is my Savior, God is my Shepherd. Little faith. Little faith, especially in these times, blinds us to all the glimmers of hope around us within this pandemic that we're in. Three vaccines have been approved. One of them cannot be distributed as well as the others, but there's a one that could be distributed much more than the first, and the other one that could be distributed, they say, stored in regular refrigerators. That's hope. That's faith right there. Hebrews tells us, the passage in Hebrews in the Bible, Hebrews 11, it says, faith is the substance of of things hoped for and the evidence of things not yet seen. You see, Peter had a substance that, wow, I can do this. He started a walk. Without the evidence that he could do it, there was hope in him because Jesus was right there. Jesus' presence was right there. This was Jesus who had served 5,000 plus. This was Jesus who, who had raised the dead son of a lady when they walked into the city of Nain. This was Jesus with them, who had done so many things, made the blind see, made the lame walk. This was Jesus that was telling him, come. But I think what Jesus is trying to show us on this boat, this boat that he placed them in, like God placed us in this boat of life, channeling us, driving in us from year to year. Now we're in this 2020 year where he has opened up our eyes to make us see ourselves. Just as Paul was stopped on that road to Damascus. Paul's arrogance had moved him in line with the Pharisees and he had moved away from God, away from the Mosaic law. He had moved away from that. So like Paul, God stopped us, stopped the whole world this year. And allowed us to look within, look at ourselves and ask ourselves the question when nobody else can help us. When we're in that storm like the children, the disciples on the boat, nobody else can help us. When we begin to see police officers praying, when we begin to see doctors praying, when we begin to see politicians praying, when we begin to see clergy praying the way that they ought to close down the church because we cannot be next to each other. We will infect each other. The church is closed. The building is closed, but the church is still open. When you're in a storm like that, it makes you stop. It makes you understand that no man, 
No man can help us. We've seen that. It makes you understand that those who come out and presumptuously speak out and say, oh, I'm a prophet and I'm going to prophesy in the name of the Lord and nothing happens, we begin to understand that these this is not the kind of faith. This is not the kind of religion. This is not the kind of practices that God was talking about. We begin to understand we have to turn to the word because the word tells us the flowers would fade, the grass would wither, but the word, the word of God will always, always remain the same. This was Jesus, the word in the flesh, teaching the disciples, bringing them along, but they couldn't even see that on that boat that they were struggling on. Not only did they, had they just come from the party that Jesus had with the 5,000 men plus women and children where he broke bread, blessed it, broke it, where he lifted up the two fish and fed 5,000 men plus women and children. But they had scraps that were left over from two fish and five loaves, 12 baskets full in that boat. The Bible tells us somewhere in Matthew, tells us they were still stunned about what had happened at that feeding. Folk, we're in December 31, 2020. We're in a storm. In fact, this morning they said um, on the radio, on the TV, that there's a new strain of the virus that has a 60 to 70% spread that's faster than the original virus means the storm is raging. But are we forgetting to look to Jesus as the 12 did on the boat? Are we looking to him? Are we praying to God? And when we're praying, as Mark 10, 24 says, do, are we praying with belief in our hearts? Are we praying with a mustard seed quality of faith? Who are we looking to in a time like this? I think what we have to realize, God is able, but he's waiting for us to do our part. A friend of mine says, um, pray. Pray, yes, but don't pray and just wait for something to happen magically. Pray and do something. Well, we've been praying, the scientists, have told us that something that we need to do right now for so many months and keep doing it is mask on, put your masks on, social distance. And when you do social distancing, make sure, make sure you help others do the same thing. Mask on, don't congregate in large places. Tonight, New Year's Eve party is not, will not happen and should not happen. Oh, but I'm sure there's some places where they'll have some parties. Make sure you're not a room with, with too many people, especially people that you don't know where they've been. And even if you know them as family, don't show up. These are the things that we can do. Pray and do something. Pray and do your part. Peter prayed and he got up and walked. He prayed and he got up and walked. But now they're on this boat. We're told that Jesus got into the boat with them. <laughs> After you walk, he comes in and he picks you up and brings you in, even if you fail. 
And as soon as he got into the boat, the storm subsided. But here's what I want to show you. Jesus had set them in the direction of Bethsaida. But we're told the boat docked at Gennesaret. The boat docked at Gennesaret. Where is Gennesaret? And what happened there? You see, Gennesaret is a shoreline where Jesus had taught Peter. Remember the story of the big catch of fish? Matthew 6, where Jesus was fishing, um, Peter was fishing and couldn't catch anything all night, professional fisherman. And Jesus showed up and said, hey, 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 why are you looking so down? Because when Jesus sees you, he sees the heart. He says, you want to fish? Here's what you do. Pull your boat out from the familiar area, the area that you think you're going to catch fish. Pull your boat out and cast your net. Peter came up with all kinds of excuses. God is telling us, hey, do something. Wear your masks. Do something. Listen to the epidemiologists. But we're saying, no, we've been doing it for so long, we're tired. God is saying, do much more than you've been doing. Go further into unknown territories. Cast your net. Peter said, on your word, I will. On your word. He cast his net. We're told he caught more fish than he's ever seen before. He needed help to pull not only the fish, but the boat ashore. They got to this same shore. This same shore where Jesus had told Peter, Peter, I've been teaching you all this time, but now I want you to stop fishing for fish and fish for men. Become a fisher of men. Go catch men and tell them about the word and bring them into. Bring them into in congregation with me. I need you to catch men, women and children. Something phenomenal happened on the shore. The minute they get off the boat, we're told. The minute the people had knowledge of who Jesus was. The minute they find, got knowledge of who he was, they all started running throughout the village following Jesus into marketplaces, laying people on the market bed, on the marketplace tables. They didn't ask Jesus to pray for them. They didn't ask Jesus to heal them. They didn't ask Jesus to touch them, but they asked Jesus, if only we can touch you. We don't even want to touch you. We just want to touch the hem of your garment. If only we can touch the hem of your garment, not only would we be healed, the sick amongst us will be healed. <laughs> Peter and the 12 got to see what Jesus has been trying to teach them all of this time on that same beach. Gennesaret was no special, no more special than Jerusalem. Gennesaret was no more special than our lands in our time. But the people there, because they heard about Jesus, 
because they came to know who he was. They believed. Remember the Bible tells us faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word. They heard everything that he had done. They were convinced and they were ready. We just need, we don't want a sermon, Lord, relax. We just want to touch the hem of your garment. It reminds me of the lady with the issue of blood. Remember that in one of the Gospels? Lady had been hemorrhaging blood for years. And all the doctors and everything, they even forgot her name. And she went by the name of the lady with the issue of blood. It's like we are the people with the issue of believing. We're not able to believe. We don't want to believe. And when times are good, we cry out to God and say, thank you for all that you've given me. But when times are bad, we don't even know how to turn to him or who to turn to. We're in a storm like the 12, paddling against the winds, not knowing where to turn. Well, God is saying to us, look at Genesaret. Look at what's happening. Look at the amount of faith that's here. Lord, don't pray. Lord, don't preach. We're just ready. Just let us touch the hem of your garment. The lady moved through the crowd and she touched the hem of Jesus' garment, the hem. And Jesus looked around and said, who touched me? Who touched me? And the disciples that were gone in him said, hey, 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 calm down. There's so many people here. We're all rubbing against each other. What do you mean somebody touched? No, 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 no. Jesus said, somebody touched me in a special way. I could feel the power removed from me. God is waiting for us to touch, connect, and coming to his power. Who touched me? This time, the Bible doesn't tell us Jesus was really now. Who touched me? Who are these people? I can see him smiling. Wow, they got it. That's why I say this segment is called School is Out. What did you learn? What have we learned from 2020? Some may call it a bad year because we've lost loved ones. We've lost friends and family members. Some may call it, it wasn't such a bad year because I made so much money in the stocks. Well, not everybody invests in the stock market. Some may call it, well, I don't know because um, I'm not quite sure, but I, I did see what was happening on the television. There's so much struggle, so much pain. I just want to thank God for all of the pastors, all of the spiritual leaders who took the time to really change their platforms to still feed people and teach people and carry the word across the airwaves and across all these devices that we have in our hands, our cell phones, our TV platforms. May God bless you all and may God help you all to keep on, keep on sending the message out until we come to that place where God is calling us to be. Loving him with all our heart, love our neighbors as ourselves, and love each other. And just not any kind of way, but the way Jesus loved. Maybe then we'll become like the people in Genesaret. Faith. Faith that's oozing out of people, just reaching for his garment. Faith like a mustard seed that gives them enough to call out to God. And they were healed. The passage tells us Matthew 14, 34 to 36. All who touched him. 
we're healed. So sometimes you might reach out and touch him. Sometimes you may not get the result that you're looking for. But Jesus tells us, pray without ceasing. Because in order for us to touch him, because I know some of you are asking, well, how can I touch him and he's not here physically? Well, he told us, I am in the Father, the Father is in me as I am in you. He says, I'm knocking on the door of your heart. Will you open and let me in? This is a arithmetic that we cannot understand, but he's just telling us it makes no sense, but you just do what I'm telling you to do. I am knocking in the door of your heart. Let me in. Let me in so I can touch you. Let me in so I can heal you. I need two or three or more of you. I don't need a whole bunch of people. My cord is just two or three. Matthew 18, 20. Come together in one accord and you'll see the wonders that I can do. Peter walked on water. Amen. Genesaret touched the hem of his garment and they were healed. The lady with the issue of blood reached out in the crowd where she was not supposed to be, but she crawled in any way and she touched the hem of his garment. The blind Bartimaeus, blind Bartimaeus looked up and cried out in the crowd. They were trying to shut him down, but he cried out and he said, hey, Lord, I'm here. Hey, Lord, I'm here. Listen, shut up, sit down. Hey, Lord, I'm here. He says, what do you need? I just need you to help me to see. The man with the son in his hands, his son has been sick from birth. He reached out to Jesus and he asked him, he said, Lord, if at all possible, can you heal my son? And Jesus said, anything is possible if you believe. In this same way, the same Peter that walked on water, the same Peter that saw what was happening in Genesaret. The same Peter that saw the lessons that Jesus was trying to teach him. The same Peter that saw the folk who had not been walking like him around with Jesus, who had only heard about the word. The same people were looking, let me touch the hem of your gum. The same Peter after this, when Jesus was killed on the cross, crucified. The same Peter walked one morning, one Sunday morning, on Sabbath morning, into the gates of Temple Beautiful. There was a blind man that was sitting there, a blind, lame, dumb man that was sitting there, who was brought there. He was lame from birth. He had pushed out of his mama's belly, lame. He couldn't walk, he couldn't talk, he couldn't hear. And he was sitting there begging for money. All he understood was to raise the cup and ask for money. He was sitting there, and Peter and Philip came by that morning and looked at him, the same Peter, the same Peter that Jesus said, oh, ye of little faith, somehow had exercised faith from what he had seen, what he had heard. He had become like a Genesaretian. He was sitting in front of the man. He said, hey, money I don't have. Silver and gold I don't have. Look into my eye. But he was telling, focus on me. Focus on me as I did fail to focus on Jesus that day on the boat. Focus on me. Look in me. Understand that I don't have anything special. But what I have in me, <laughs> what I have in me, I give you. Focus on me. Don't look anyplace else. Arise. Walk. And we're told. The lame man got up, 
<laughs> hadn't walked from his mother's womb. The lame man who was probably filled with doubt, the lame man who was in front of the temple, beautiful, the church had not seen him. The church was just giving him coins. The church were not worried about praying on him. The church wasn't worried about holding him. The church wasn't worried about bringing him in and laying hands on him. They knew about the word, but nobody moved in that direction. Peter was saying right now, I have no money. Oh, but I have something in me. Get up and walk. I think God is waiting for us to become Peter like the Genesaret people. Pray and do something. 2020's party is in your heart. We got so much to be thankful for. I have so much to thank God that he opened my eyes and straightened up my vision to align with his sight, his foresight. I think he's saying to us, I need you to have faith better than you have. I need you to have faith that can move mountains. I need you to have faith that can make you walk on water. I need you to have faith that can heal, heal those who are sick amongst you. I need you to have faith where you can come together. You don't have to be physically together anymore. We're going to have parties tonight. There's no other after party to go to. The only party here is praising God. Where Paul and Silas were in the storm like Peter was. They locked him up and chained him to the ground. And we are told they kept singing. They kept praising God. And all of a sudden, there was an earthquake. And the gates of the prison cells opened. If you're listening, if you ever doubted before, read the word. Matthew 14, Matthew 6. God is waiting for you to pick up that book. Pick it up. Read it. And if you haven't prayed before, you don't have to be no intellectual to pray to God. You just got to say, God, I heard about you today. God, I open up my heart to you. I know you're in there. Oh, God, I just open up my heart and ask you, ask you, ask you. Open up the door of my heart, Lord, and come in. Help me to see what it is you're showing me. Lord, you created everything on this earth. I thank you for what's happened in my life. I'm still a little bit shaky. But Lord, I want to go into 2021 with you. Help me, God. Show me how to touch and connect with you. Lord, I open up my heart to you. Help me come to you each and every day. Increase my faith. Bring me to that quality of mustard seed faith that you're talking about. Help me to call out and so you can heal me. Touch me, Lord. And all of those, my family and friends who are sick, those who are in hospital beds right now, those who have lost loved ones that are questioning everything around them. Heal them, Heavenly Father. Heal them. Lord, I pray 
that someone would hear you through my voice. I thank you, Heavenly Father. Thank the listener. Amen. Have a blessed 2021. And whenever you come across the storm, look to Jesus. For God so loved the world that he gave us his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him will not perish, but have everlasting life. Jesus is the invitation to the gift of eternal life. God wants you to come in. Don't worry about all the end time conversations, the rattles that everybody has out there. Focus on Jesus. Focus on Jesus. He needs us all so others will come to him. Amen. School is out. School is out in 2020. What did you learn? Amen.